Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 11 of the quarantine edition of my show. Although, it really should be episode 1 of the road trip edition, because I am not doing this show in Calgary. For the first time, I have taken my show out of province. I'm actually in Vancouver, British Columbia right now, and I'm doing my show literally from a hotel room. So this is very new, but kind of cool as well. And I still have a lot of sports to talk about. So my COVID-19 sports news update is once again going to be my third segment today. My live sports update will be my second one as always. And today I previewed the NBA a couple weeks ago. If you haven't heard that, you can listen to it for from a couple weeks ago. Last week, I did an NHL playoffs preview. The NHL playoffs, by the way, set to start on Saturday. I'm so excited. Flames play the Jets 8.30 Mountain Time and could not be more thrilled slash, anx- slash anxious slash just hoping they win type of thing. And... The NBA season gets back underway on a Thursday, which is extremely exciting. But there is one more preview I want to do, and that is for the UEFA Champions League. The Champions League comes back a little bit later in August. August 9th is the return date for the Champions League. And to explain what's going on in this is a little bit complicated, but I'll do my best. So basically, you have the round of... The round of 16 was underway in the Champions League, and you had four teams that actually finished their round of 16 matchups. And so you have four teams that actually made it into the quarterfinals, and you had an additional four matchups that didn't finish the second leg of the aggregate. So those legs will have to be played, and then we can go on to the quarterfinals, the semifinal, and the final. Every quarterfinal, semifinal, it's all single leg this year as a change being made. The games are all being played in Lisbon, Portugal, and I think it's pretty wide open. They also changed the bracket. So normally in the Champions League, they have draws for who plays whom type of thing. But in the COVID-19 world we live in, the bracket was predetermined and set up so that in that way, teams will know exactly who they're facing in the following round should they win. So, with that being said, with that out of the way, I'm going to break it down. I'll start with the side of the bracket that we know of for the quarterfinals, and then I'll move on to the other side where it's the unknown side of the bracket. So, on the known side, we have PSG versus Atalanta in a quarterfinal, and we have RB Leipzig playing Atletico Madrid in the other quarterfinal. So, I'll start with PSG Atalanta, which to me, I think is the most compelling tie of all the matchups. And I know you might not think on the surface, well, Paris and Atalanta, you know, what kind of rivalry they have, you know, what kind of star powers in this match versus some of the other potential matches. But let me explain. The reason why I think this is super compelling has to do with, in a normal world, in a non-COVID world, I would pick PSG to win, I think, decently comfortably. I think Paris has better players. I think they have more talent than Atalanta does. However, this is not a normal world, and P- 
PSG certainly has been dealt a poor card as far as preparation for this. Because while almost every other major league has returned in some shape or form in the top European leagues, the French league has not. The French league was cancelled because the French prime minister didn't allow them to finish the season. And so, as a result, PSG was handed the title, but they haven't played a competitive game since March. And that's a big deal. And, you know, you can play all the friendlies you want, but playing competitive, legitimate matches is how you get prepared for a big Champions League game, not friendlies where you're winning 9 to nothing. So PSG is a team that who knows what they might look like going in to this matchup. And they also got handed another tough blow as Kylian Mbappe is ruled out of the match with Atalanta. He suffered an ankle injury in their most recent matchup, and he's out for three weeks. And the game's in 16 days. So, Kylian Mbappe will not be there for PSG, which is a huge loss. To me, he's been their best player for a couple of years now. And I know they still have Neymar, but Mbappe, to me, was a big reason why I was potentially leaning PSG to win in spite of the lack of preparation and game time. Atalanta, on the other hand, they have been Syria's most exciting side to watch. And so this is a team that, to me, has nothing to lose. Atalanta can score like nobody's business. And in Italy, they're certainly the most exciting team to watch. And I think their draw with Juventus showed all the quality that they do possess in this side, especially with Ilicic and Alejandro Gomez up front for them. So it's tough. It's really tough. But if I had to pick today, like I said, in a normal world, I would pick PSG. But I think I'm going to go with the quote-unquote upset. I'm going to take Atalanta to win on penalties over PSG in the quarterfinal. That is my prediction. I think Atalanta being in decent form, I think considering that they've played legitimate matches in the lead-up to this, and with the Mbappe injury, I'm going with the Italian side. I'm going with Atalanta to beat PSG. The other known bracket matchup, Leipzig and Atletico, very similar teams. And the reason I say that is nothing to do with play style or even players, but it has a lot to do with their form because Leipzig and, and Atletico have both been very inconsistent since the restart. Leipzig obviously are going to have a lot more time off because the Bundesliga ended a few weeks ago compared to Atletico, but Atletico very inconsistent form since the restart. And so you have two teams going in that could give you greatness, but could also give you mediocrity and a lot of bad at the same time. Like there's doesn't seem to be a ton of in between there, but I guess we'll see. Leipzig, we'll see how rusty they may or may not be in this type of a matchup. I think not having Timo Werner is a huge loss for them because he was sold to Chelsea and he's their leading goal scorer. And, you know, in a one... See, this is the thing. Not having two legs means that in a single game, there's a lot more possibility for anything to happen. 
And I look at a team like Atletico that, despite their inconsistencies, they continue to boast one of the best defenses in all of Europe. And in a single-leg game where any moment could make the difference, I think Atletico having a stout defense could prove very, very important to holding on to a lead potentially versus a team like Leipzig, who's not going to have their top scorer. So I'm going to say Atletico will win over Leipzig, setting up Atletico versus Atalanta in a semifinal, which if you would have predicted from that from the start of the season, wow, <laughs> I really doubt that. But at the same time, to certainly I, I think it's a very, very realistic semifinal possibility right here, right now. Anyway, on to the non-known side of the Champions League bracket. So this is where things get complicated. So the winner of the Manchester City-Real Madrid match plays the winner of the Juventus-Leon match. And so I'll start with City-Real Madrid really quickly. So their second leg, City leads it 2-1 right now is the score in that one. And... You know, City-Real Madrid is interesting because Man City, of course, have an advantage considering they're going in with a lead, but Real Madrid's been in fantastic form since the restart, and that's proven by the silverware they won winning the La Liga title. But of course, Manchester City boasts quality up and down the squad, and when they... This is the thing, Man City haven't always been spectacular since the restart, but when they're on, I mean, this is a team that can thrash other squads and I think you saw that a little bit with the game against Norwich I think you saw that in the game against Liverpool where City can be spectacular when they want to be type of thing so that is certainly I think something something kind of neat to keep an eye on for sure but nonetheless if I had to pick in this one, I would lean Manchester City just because they do have that lead. And I really like this midfield going up against Real Madrid's. I think Kevin De Bruyne, I think Bernardo Silva, I think David Silva, I think these guys bring a different element to Manchester City versus a Real Madrid midfield that to me, and I love Tony Cruz, I love Luka Modric, I love Isco, like Casemiro, these guys are spectacular but they are aging out a little bit compared to Manchester City's midfield. So I'm going to lean City in this second leg and have them in the quarterfinals against either Juventus or Lyon. And now Lyon's have the same unfortunate fate that PSG has because they, of course, like the French champions, have not played a competitive match since March. And... The interesting thing in this game is that Lyon actually does have the lead. They had a 1-0 win in the first leg of the round of 16 versus Juventus. But considering the long layoff and Juventus has Cristiano Ronaldo, who if you doubt his ability to perform in a Champions League match, then you've never watched a Champions League match. So I'm going to side with Juventus making a comeback and winning over Lyon to set up a City-Juventus quarterfinal. Now, if this does happen to be the quarterfinal matchup, which I think is very realistic, this would be fantastic. I would love to watch this game. Juventus, I do think, has a little more quality in their attack with, of course, the likes of Ronaldo and Paolo Dybala. But I think Manchester City has that midfield advantage. Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, I mean, these guys are all-around spectacular players. Defense, though, certainly will be 
very, very key going into this. Juventus's defense has been shockingly poor since the restart. They've conceded a lot more goals than I think people would expect Juventus to normally. Manchester City's has been questionable at times, to say the least. But another one of those things where when they feel like when they're locked in, they are they can be a very good defense. And Ederson did win the Golden Glove for most clean sheets. So, it's close. But I would probably lean slightly Manchester City over Juventus in that potential quarterfinal match. And then, of course, on to the other one. We have Bar the winner of Barcelona versus Napoli will play the winner of Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. So... Barcelona and Napoli tied in their first matchup, 1-1. One one. And so now they have the second leg coming back in Spain. So Napoli does have... Sorry, Barcelona does, I excuse me, have that away goal. Napoli, I just... I'm not, I, I always love Napoli's team. Like, I love their talent. I love their attack. And Napoli certainly, on their day, can be good. But I just find them way too inconsistent. And it's a single leg game, so anything could happen. Absolutely, I could. there could be an upset on the way. But I have to think, especially after how the season ended for Barcelona, I have to think they're unbelievably extra motivated. And with the star power they have in the attack, with Lionel Messi, Luis Suarez, Antoine Griezmann, Marc-Andre Ter Stegen is still a brilliant elite um, goaltender, and so I probably will lean Barcelona to get through over Napoli in that round of 16 match. Bayern Munich-Chelsea to me is really easy. Bayern has a 3-0 lead over Chelsea, and to me, I think they'll make quick work of the English side. Chelsea has some good players, but Bayern Munich has debatably been the most informed team since the restart, and despite the layoff that they're going to have compared to Chelsea, it's hard seeing a result that doesn't go Bayern Munich's way in some way or another, considering they have a pretty big margin for error in case they play poorly. So that would set up a potential Barcelona-Bayern Munich quarterfinal. And if you want blockbusters, hard to think of any bigger than that. Barcelona, of course, has their star power up front and fantastic quality throughout their squad at least individually even if chemistry wise it might not be but Bayern Munich does have the world's best number nine numbers number nine striker uh, Robert Lewandowski and I really like Bayern Munich's passing ability in their midfield and their defense and I think David Alaba being at center back makes a big difference there and you know one guy who I think would be a key figure and I know I'm going to sound super biased but it's Alfonso Davies and I'm not saying that because he's Canadian Although that certainly doesn't <laughs> hurt. But the reason why I think Davies could have such a big impact has to do with Barcelona's attack. Their front three aren't exactly known for their defensive prowess. And Davies, the way he plays for Bayern Munich, he essentially plays left midfield quite often from defense. And by providing that width and by getting wide, spreading out, spreading out the Barcelona defense and the midfield potentially and his speed, I think Davies could be a huge threat 
down the left-hand side and could be a nightmare for Barcelona to try and actually defend with. So, with all of that said, and, and I mean, you know, I'm not saying Barcelona are, are outmatched in this game because they certainly aren't. And any team with Messi, you can never, ever discount. But I do think Bayern Munich are a little bit better. And I would, I, I would pick Bayern Munich to win this potential quarterfinal. And so, assuming my semifinal predictions are correct, which they very well might not be, but it's a lot of fun, I would pick City over Bayern in the semi, although I'd love to see that game, and I'd pick Atletico over Atalanta, and then Man City beating Atletico in the Champions League final. We'll see how accurate my predictions are when the Champions League restarts, but I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. Very excited for that. On to my live sports update. I will start in the Premier League because it came to a close with the top four and relegation spots still on the line, and Leicester blew it. Manchester United, Bruno Fernandes stepped up, converted a penalty. It was a terrible penalty, by the way, to both the Leicester defenders. You could really book either one for the foul, and Fernandes stepped up coolly, calmly, put it away. Manchester United got a top four place. Chelsea beat Wolves, and so they also secured a place in the top four. Those two will be in the Champions League. Leicester miss out and you know it's weird because if you would have told Leicester fans that they'd finish in fifth at the beginning of the season they'd be happy but if you told them that they'd be in third place for almost the entire season and then blow it in the last few weeks because they lost too many games it's tough to tough to swallow for sure but Bournemouth and Watford joined Norwich in being relegated as Aston Villa survived by just a single point they got with West Ham on the final day. So that is the Premier League. You have Bournemouth and Watford and Norwich going down. United and Chelsea join City and Liverpool in the Champions League places, with Leicester and Tottenham getting in the Europa League places. On to Serie A. Juventus won the title now, officially. They've kind of been in cruise control here for a little while, but mathematically they finally wrapped it up with their win over Sampdoria 2 to nothing. And so, I mean, it was kind of expected. Juventus continues to be the best team in Italy. I do think the gap is closing. I really like where Inter Milan is going. Napoli still has a lot of talent, even if their team's a little inconsistent. And Lazio's been a very nice surprise this season, but it's still Juventus's league to lose in Italy. On to the NWSL, the Houston Dash and the Chicago Red Stars both won the semifinal matches to advance to the final, setting up a pretty entertaining game, if I say so myself. Houston got off to a quick 1-0 lead thanks to a converted penalty from Canadian Sophie Schmidt. And then, oh man, Savannah McCaskill of Chicago Red Stars. She had the most perfect gold golden gift-wrapped opportunity to tie the game, and she headed a wide-open header off the goalpost. Kept it 1-0, and Houston was able to seal the deal in the 90th minute, and that ended up being the difference. So, Houston Dash winners of the National Women's Soccer League Challenge Cup. Very happy to see them do it. Houston has a pretty good con Canadian contingent on their squad. 
And so they, they were also probably just the most fun team, I think, to watch in the entire tournament. So full credit to the Houston Dash for a fantastic tournament. Chicago, no shame in reaching the final the way they did. I just thought it was funny that a lot of the top seeds in the group stage ended up getting knocked out right away with Washington, North Carolina, and Olympic Leon Rain all out in the first round of the playoffs. And finally, MLS is on to the round of 16, but sadly there will be no Canadian teams in that round of 16. Montreal lost 1-0 to Orlando on a, let's just say it wasn't an own goal, but it may as well have been from the Montreal Impact. And so they are eliminated. TFC just laid an egg against NYCFC. So Toronto is also out. They lost 3-1 to to NYCFC. And Vancouver parked, parked the bus pretty good, I will say, yesterday against Sporting Kansas City, who ended up winning on penalty kicks, although Sporting Kansas City was more than deserving winners. They had like 30 shots, and Vancouver had six, I believe, in the match. It really wasn't that close. But nonetheless, Sporting KC converts on penalties. Vancouver did not take very good penalties in that shootout, I will say. As far as the other matchups, Philadelphia defeated New England 1-0. San Jose beat Real Salt Lake 5-2. And as I'm currently speaking, because I'm recording this, it would be 10 o'clock Mountain Time, and it would, it's 9 o'clock Pacific Time, LAFC is winning 2-0 over the Seattle Sounders at halftime as I speak. So that is the MLS round of 16 so far. Next week, I will hopefully have some... Very exciting semi-final matchups, potentially, to talk about in that one. And finally, my COVID-19 sports news update. So, there isn't a ton of news, but there's a few things. The first one being, zero NBA players have tested positive since entering the bubble, which is fantastic, and massive, massive props needs to go to the NBA, to Adam Silver, to the Players Association, because the NBA bubble is secure and it's working in Orlando, which is one of the hot spots for COVID-19 with Florida's case numbers seemingly very out of control right now. There is one kind of neat NBA story that I wanted to hit on really quickly though, and that is the Lou Williams story. So for anyone who didn't watch The Last Dance, which is the Michael Jordan documentary about the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, fantastic documentary. I definitely recommend it to anybody who even has a casual inkling of interest in basketball. But the Lou Williams story, I think, is hilarious. So Lou Williams left the Orlando bubble, and so he's, he's not the first player to do this. Like, there's been a few players that have left the bubble for different reasons, and the NBA kind of has a protocol where if you leave for an excused reason and you get tested every day, you only have to quarantine for four days when you want to come back versus if you just leave for, you know, if you just leave because you felt like it type of thing and you want to come back, it's a 10-day quarantine minimum type of thing. So just as an example, Zion Williamson was a player who left for a personal family reason and he has now come back to the bubble and so he is serving his four-day quarantine right now as we speak. Lou Williams, meanwhile, he initially left for a legitimate reason. He left because 
he was attending a family funeral. I believe it was his uncle, but um, he was attending a family funeral. And the reason why this is a story is because he was later pictured on social media at a strip club in Atlanta. And so, I mean, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is a terrible decision, I think. But anyway, his friend who posted the picture, initially it was funny. He said it was an old photo, but that tweet was quickly deleted because it was pretty obvious he was lying considering that Lou Williams was wearing the face mask that the NBA literally gave the players when they entered the bubble. Ramona Shelburne was even reporting, too, that Lou Williams, apparently what he told the NBA about this incident was that, quote, he was just getting some dinner. Yep, I mean, it's nothing like getting some good old grub at a strip club, especially after you went to a family funeral. Like, to me, at best, this is bad optics. At best. And at worst, it's complete negligence. It really is. Anyway, Lou Williams was initially going to serve a four-day quarantine. That has now become a 10-day quarantine. Because, to quote a lovely YouTuber by the name of Philip DeFranco, don't be stupid, stupid. Anyway, the other thing, NHL players have begun arriving in Edmonton and Toronto. NHL playoffs, like I said, starts on Saturday. Super, super excited about that. And this was breaking as of today baseball news and i know i normally don't talk about baseball but the miami marlins have had 14 players test positive and games have already been postponed which doesn't bode well for major league baseball and it doesn't bode well for the nfl either but i'll get into a lot more of that i think next week i'll dive into struggles the nfl might face in trying to come back with training camps set to get underway this week anyway that's it that's all I got. Next week, I'm going to get to talk NHL playoffs. Flames play the Jets on Saturday and Monday. So I will record my show on Monday after the Calgary Flames game. So you'll have my direct reaction to the game. Could be good. Could be good. Could be bad. We'll have to wait and see. I'll have some NBA to talk about as well. And so I am super excited. But once again, thank you everyone for listening in today. And be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.